Do you remember at Christmas, you'd have Brazil nuts and you'd have the actual nutcracker? Like my parents oh, God, had yes. one. <clears throat> Who has a nutcracker anymore? Does anyone even eat Brazil nuts? I've got no one. <laughs> but when's the last time you used it? Sometime never. <laughs> Isn't it funny I, I, things go out of fashion? Oh, very quickly. I tell you what's odd about Brazil nuts. I've never actually ever liked them. I love most nuts, but not Brazil. My favorite. What, are they too hard? Are they like too big? Like they're or... too fiddly, and you know when you crack one of them, they're big anyway. They're quite big things, and then when you crack them, they don't appear. You don't seem to be getting much nuts for your dollars, you know, um, or your pounds. And um, no, and I'm not really keen on the taste. My favorite nut. If someone was to say, look, what can I put in front of you that will tempt you? It'd probably be um, pistachios. Then pistachios. Oh, I love them. I'll do anything. A pistachio, and I also like cashew. Cashew I've nuts. seen those in the supermarket. I can get you some in Lidl. But it's funny, though. Things go out of fashion. Like a tease made. Did you never have a tease made? We did, and they've gone out of fashion. Definitely. Do you don't you don't use it anymore then? No, it doesn't. It's go. sitting in the cupboard. But it literally, like... you add it as your alarm clock, like beep beep eight o'clock, and it would make Absolutely. you a cup of tea. Yep. And well, it was a, a lot good of... tea. Yeah. Well, a lot of it's now been replaced by coffee makers and things like that. Because people I just like the idea be... of having a cup of tea in bed. Like I think that's cool. Yeah, just, you know, no, that was a very nice. English invention, you know, just wake up and you cup of tea. But where's the milk? Or did you have like, did you nick them from a cafe, the little um, carton things? That's, you know, the little cups. Is, to be honest, I was never really a tea. I'm not a tea person. Not, I mean, I've acquired What, you just straight for the vodka in the morning or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a juice person. Oh, okay. I love, and I love, I used to, what I really loved was the juice makers. Oh, you know, make your own. Oh. I used to love that. And when they first, when it first came out, those concentrated cartons of drink, and I'm trying to think what they were called, smoothies and stuff like that. I really got into that. And then I discovered it was too too concentrated for so I stopped. Um, but I used to do it with all sorts of drinks, you know, all sorts of fruit rather, to make make it as a... And so I have my fruit, my juice maker always there. And so now can I just check, though, like, if you've still got the teas made yeah. and it's in the cupboard, are you intending yeah. on ever using it again? No. <laughs> so why is it in the cupboard? <laughs> it will probably just end Just in up. case. Just in case, you know, you know how what we're like, you know, we humans are like, you know, something goes out of fashion and then, you know, the tomorrow's rage. So it may well be that for us, you know, there it is. Oh, oh why don't you get it out for next week's show and we can have a listen to it. <laughs> the crackling and sizzling, yeah, okay, could do that. Yeah, I tell you what I did see. Hang on, you, there's... Is it too late? I found, no, no, I found my parents' old one. <laughs> so this is this is what their one used to look like. 
Oh, hang on. Oh, a wow. Second. Is it... Let me go. Let me go back. Hi, everyone. Yeah, just my purpose. Quick video to show you how to use With the, the big oh, my buttons. God, 860. Oh, that's a little bit bigger than the one. Yeah, this is... the functions. This is deluxe. This is deluxe. <laughs> this is deluxe. What's on the other I want, side? Coffee? I want to know. That, that's Fine. that because it makes and one on each side, I think. For when you want to wow. set your alarm and for the tea to be made upon your waking in the morning. Oh, no, that's okay. Cancel so any of these buttons. Just press down the clock only button. I want to see it make tea. To set the correct time <laughs> on your teas, man. Oh, it doesn't look very clean. That... Build to the line oh, okay. inside. This is because there is a oh sensor located at the bottom underneath the kettle, which must be depressed. If this is not depressed, the kettle will not boil. You won't get tea. <laughs> when you're ready, you know what? You need some. You need a degree in technology to do. <laughs> hear this buzzing sound. There we are. That's the noise. When it's your alarm. Oh yeah. This indicates that the that's a rubbish alarm. Is either not full up enough, or it's not been inserted. But where's the tea? A flat of so, Oh my god, she's about to put a metal knife behind in behind the shade, which will oh, then replace the light. Okay. The catch. <laughs> she's going to electrocute herself. So if you're a heavy. No, she's not going to make tea. It comes with all the original packaging, and it has only been used this one time. <laughs> it's only the been used this one time box. now. They are, Des, you can put it on eBay. That's how to get rid of your teas, mate. Wow. <laughs> Dave, I'm not going to get that anytime soon. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, de I'm definitely not about to get that. Any now, let me, let me just see if I can find this song. It's a sudden you can thought. still buy one in Argos. Ah. Oh, my God. 65 quid. I just want to know where you put the milk. I always have to put the milk after the tea's done its business. Oh, look, someone's asked the question. Kept a small jug alongside the tea's mate. It never goes off overnight. Is this what, is this what your one looks like, Des? Yes, it's similar to that. <laughs> that looks cooler. I like it. We've also got one even older still. I'll have to. I'll, I'll dig it out next week. Right. Are you ready for? Are you ready for the return? Oh yes, 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 yes. Welcome to this week's Des and Dave. In America this week, Donald Trump-era science deniers 
mocked in Merrill Street, Netflix hit, Don't Look Up. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer announces his retirement. Manchin and Cinema joined Senate Republicans to block voting right legislation, a setback for US democracy. Outrage as Newt Gingrich says capital attack investigators could be jailed. Russia edging NATO to war over Ukraine. And Congressman Matt Gates, alleged sex crimes bombshells exposed. And in other news, Sue Gray. Oh, Sue Gray. Oh, for where thy report. We waited, but let's wait some more. The Prime Minister and the Chancellor confirm a rise to the national insurance from April. And Sergio Mattarelli, at 80, has been re-elected as Italy's president. All that and more. From Des and Dave. Desmond. It's 12.51. Dave, that was a hard 51. <laughs> we, had to, we had to work hard for that one. <laughs> All right, moving swiftly on. What's going on, Des? Where are we starting in America this week? Well, we've got something very special for you today. Um, and how, how shall I begin? Some of the most contentious Political debate today turns on um, empirical science. And by that, I mean data, data, <laughs> data, data that is based on observation or experience. For example, how is COVID transmitted? Do vaccines work? Is the earth getting warmer? What does 99% probability mean? Um, and it appears that politics has gone to war against facts, preferring to use today what politicians describe as alternative facts. Now, in the film Don't Look Up, played by star-studded cast, Liano DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and Meryl Streep. It's 12 hours. <laughs> There's no one called 12 hours in the film. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. Two astronomers go on a media tour to warn humankind of a planet-killing comet hurtling towards Earth. 
We watch the response from a distracted world. Meryl Streep plays a Trumpian president consumed by PR and operating a corrupt family empire. And we have a short audio. Madam President, this comment is what we call a planet killer. We just call it a potentially significant event. Yeah, yes. But it isn't potentially going to happen. It is going to happen. Exactly, 99.78% to be exact. Oh, great. Okay, so it's not 100%. Call it 70% and let's just, let's move on. We should get some of our scientists on this, you know, no offense, but when are the midterms? Three weeks. Three weeks, so if this breaks before then, we lose Congress, and then there's nothing we can do about it anyway. It'll be gridlocked. The timing is just, it's atrocious. I am going to make a statement presidential statement to the American people. But we're not going to tell the press about it ahead of time because that way we'll have the appearance of a breaking emergencies. May Jesus Christ bless every single one of you, especially the honorable members of my own party. We will prevail. Madam President, this comes. Sorry, sorry, it went round again. <laughs> we will prevail. Now, what happens, right, if half the public don't believe there is a comet and if the few experts who have any experience in aerospace or comet prevention are overruled by idiots or, but didn't, but did, but, or inside a billion, billionaires? We, we, we should explain. So Armageddon... Um, deep impact, like the disaster films, a comet is coming towards Earth, right? And in those Hollywood films, you know, the Americans have got their teams together or the world was united in Armageddon and working with the Russians and so on and land on the comet and blow the bloody thing up and whatever. This version, Don't Look Up, seems to me more like a documentary of what would actually happen. <laughs> the message carried by the film is... Um, an allegory of science denial. Um, and the science denial could be climate change, maybe it's COVID, maybe it's the next pandemic greater than COVID. There is a point in the film where they have this MAGA-style crowd shouting, don't look up, where people are asked not to look up into the night sky as the comet plunges towards Earth. One man looks up and screams. We've got a short audio. Do you know why they want you to look up? Do you know why? Because they want you to be afraid. They want you to look up because they are looking down the mountains at you. They think they're better than you. Hollywood is supporting the Just Look Up movement, mm. but I haven't seen a pin like that. Yeah, yeah, this pin, this pin points both up and down. I think we're all tired of the politics. There are you, the working class, us, the cool rich, and then them. Doesn't this three-word 
phrase gets you, don't look up, a bit like, um, what about... Lock her up. Lock her up. <laughs> it's, the, it's the same thing. Um, and uh, the, I think the, the, the film turns on the, the issue, that, you know, when he says, what the hell? The man looks up and screams, and what the hell is that? And suddenly realize the very thing that was event that was being concealed from them is actually what has happened or about to happen. He screams out, they lied to us. And it kind of reminds you of where America is at today. Um, well, I, 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 but de denying has always been a part of our culture. When I sit and reflect like a oh, big word coming there's existentially, and you think like, okay, look at where the climate lobby was year, years ago. You go back to the 70s and it was, you know, they were looked down upon. What, what are they on about? And now look where the green agenda has got. So I don't know. I feel like, yeah, but then I don't know. You, is it is it because that proved to be right in the end? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> People like to deny the truth, what's right in front of them. But I definitely think this film is, in reality, what would happen. Yes, you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's it was just something different. Um, and I, I just thought it it's wonderful parallel there, and I thought it were worth sharing. With, with well, also it normally sub it subverted our normal expectations. Like, okay, they're going to go to the president, and you know, the president, all the buttons will get pushed, and something will happen. No, no, you turn up and. <laughs> Just sit there waiting <laughs> for a day. The thing is, I I don't want to go into any more details. I don't want to spoil the film for 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 people. But there are some other things that happen in the film which you know informs your your view that this is really America today. It really is America today, um, with all the pitfalls and all the the insider billionaires having wonderful time and every else and the family and the corruption in politics and all the rest of it however should we move on yeah just one story you've not got a clip on it des but maybe you, you were going to talk about it anyway is the mm -hmm. these fake electors do you remember we mentioned it last week and i've yes, been indeed. So this is this is so i've tried to work out an equivalence for england right so the equivalence i've worked out is Imagine we are voting for London mayor. Let's make London mayor equivalent to president, right? And the states can be the London boroughs, all right? So it's like seven of the London councils, instead of writing down that, you know, Joe Biden won, as is counted in their states and so on, a group of people, <laughs> lawmakers, <laughs> local councillors for this example, made a fake version saying that Donald Trump won using the correct paperwork and seal and logo and so on and so on and tried to submit it. <laughs> and in British they terms, it would have been, it would have been Corbyn who won. Can you, no, but can you, it, it precisely, but can you imagine if, if the local councils had done that, like what? Yeah. It'd just be insane. And what did you do? You've, tried to fake a document that we all obviously know is fake. And there's been no consequences so far as we know. For one year. Every, everyone is asking, is the DOJ investigating? Because these 
several of these have been referred to the attorney generals in respective states, but they're Republican attorney generals and they're sitting on their hands and doing nothing with it, like even using the official seal of any of the states, you know, trying to fake a state document like that is clear cut finish. You've tried to stick the seal on it. That's not official. End of open and shut case. But um, I'd like to see percolating around. I'd like to see Black Lives Matter get away with the with the trick like you know with the trick with the, the trick like that. Um, you're quite right. It's been over a year now. Nothing has been done. However, Maybe that's the some trick. Good Maybe news. some people have to do it. Maybe some other organisations have to start doing it, and that's how they'll finally have to act, like in front of the court. Some, well, this, some good news, though, Dave. Dave, on that on that score, there has been some good news. There's 59. Do tell. Do tell. They've they've identified 59 people who's literally signed the documents. They've also, in some states, used the official seal to endorse their document, mm. which is definitely illegal and carries a 20-year penalty. They've used the seal and they have now, some of them have been referred to the DOJ, the federal government, and they've now been, 59 of them, have been subpoenaed to appear before the January 6th committee. They know and what I believe, they're doing, this committee, don't they? They know what they're doing now. They're and they're, <laughs> they're expected to make, uh, present information, as well as come before the Senate committee by the middle, I believe, the middle of February, if not the end of February. So things are moving apace now, but it's just taken 12, almost 13 months for this to happen. <laughs> Wonderful. It just, I think they know what they're doing. I think they know the game they're playing because they, it's like they've already said, do you remember before Christmas, they're saying, don't worry, there's going to be televised here in February, you know, so on and so on. They knew what this was coming down the line because this has been known for some time. And we, it's, we've got to forget, not forget, it's them that keep releasing documents very deliberately, like, okay, here is this one now, here is that one now, here is, the, like, it comes from them. Okay, there's an odd leak outside of them, but it, it very much is from them. And I'll never forget Liz Cheney, like, reading out the, and, man, just, whoever thought we would enjoy listening to Liz Cheney this? You know, there's principle for you. That's what principle sounds like, even though we might disagree with 99% of everything else you would want to discuss with us. I, we covered the story a couple of weeks ago, I believe, um, probably in our 49th broadcast, where one of the, um, the, um, the, the fraudulent electors had been, interviewed publicly and was asked a very simple question. Who directed you to do this? And he couldn't answer the question. Um, and it's subsequently emerged that the one of the architects behind this is um, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. Um, and as a consequence of it's it's not just only him. He's been linked with this. I believe that Sidney Powell has been linked with this. 
and also um, Boris Epstein. All three are um, lawyers of Donald's, Donald Trump's lawyers. And um, they have, in one way or the other, uh, released information that clearly identifies them. And I believe there is another man called Navarro, who was the architect of the, the uh, Green Bay Sweep, I think, uh, is the the the, um, the plan was described with um, Bannon, and uh, they have been identified as being part of whatever else you know the planning of this operation, and they they have all been asked in one way or another to provide um, testimony to the uh, January the sixth committee, and uh, the intention is that these testimonies should be public, which will give the American people an opportunity to listen to their explanation. And some people believe, allegedly believe, that um, some of the actions, if not all the actions, uh, have been criminal. So, with some- You know what, Des? I agree with Biden. You're a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that, we'll get to that. <laughs> but he has had some good news this week, Biden. Um, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, announced his retirement uh, from the Supreme Court, and he's a leading liberal on the Supreme Court, and he plans to retire and gave um, given um, President uh, Joe Biden a chance to nominate to the bench. Um, and he, Breyer, took the Supreme Court seats as a Democratic appointee under President Bill Clinton in 1994. Um, and he's giving Biden ample opportunity to appoint a Democratic replacement ahead of the US midterm elections, because Democrats have to be <coughs> mindful of this because they may well not win the midterm election. And the fear is that if they don't, all the, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry about that, um, that the, um, that, uh, the uh, January the 6th committee will be disbanded and because there's a likelihood that they may lose um, their, their, their Senate and um, House control. Uh, and uh, so Biden indicated in his primary over a year ago, um, to appoint the first African-American woman. And uh, he's indicated that he intends to keep his promise. And Republicans are now screaming foul play. But we must remember, um, we must remind Republicans that both Trump and Reagan appointed white women during their administration in record time, and particularly Trump in uh, 12 months ago. So- Have you seen some of the candidates, Dennis? Some of them look really good. Like, you know, they're, they're, one of them it follows Merrick Garland on the, on the DC circuit, or is it New York circuit? One of the two, but just some mm -hmm. of their CVs, man, they've worked hard. Like any of them would be a good candidate, but some of the, Fish Republicans, they are trying to say Kamala Harris. And you're like, she's not a she's not a judge. 
he could appoint whoever he likes. Like that, that's what the thing says. But like ideally, he'd go for a current judge. But they're just trying to. <laughs> they're just trying. They don't know what to say anymore, do they? <laughs> they just make it up. And yeah, they're incensed that he said he's going to put a black, the first black woman on the court. That that seems to have enraged them somewhat. He should have just concurred and said, we will put another old, dopey white man on the bench. Another entitled white man that should be there through, you know, birthright. <laughs> He's, oh, yes, I agree with that. When they oh, delved into Trump appointments onto the, um, the, <clears throat> on the judges' bench, they discovered that Literally, all two hundred plus Trump appointee on the on the judge, you know, on the bench, were white. Mm. Of course, they were. And I think all bar maybe thirty plus were women. Um, so you know, there tells a tale. <laughs> there tells a tale. Well, let's see. There's still work to be done before these start in midterms. So let's hope it gets done. So this, the, I don't know, was this the press conference where Biden ended up with Peter Ducey? So there's the Fox News reporter. Was it this press conference where he announced it? Is this where he said it? Uh, this, was, uh, this was earlier in the week. Anyway, Biden was giving a press conference and Peter Ducey from Fox News asked him if inflation <laughs> will be good for the midterms. <laughs> well, if you don't know Peter Ducey, he's a very interesting uh, reporter that just says inane, stupid things that are not very well researched. So he asked Biden uh, if inflation would be a problem for the midterms. And Biden replies, inflation, that's another great asset. You're a stupid son of a bitch. And calls him a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> Well, what was interesting about that, Dave? Sorry, I couldn't. Um, I couldn't respond earlier. Um, is that the press conference that Biden called was to talk about the the critical American confrontation with the Russians, and it was a single item press conference, and it was just to talk to update people on that issue, which is why Biden was particularly irritated that this issue should have this. Sorry, this question should have been raised in that way, and it was deliberately done, obviously, to to um, to embarrass. So he wasn't. Biden hadn't intended to brief anyone on on any other issue other than the conflict, um, the potential conflict with uh, with um, Putin over Ukraine. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I just. Listen, I just, you know, he should say things like this more. You're a stupid son of a bitch. Like, we just need more. More of it, more of it, you know, rather than Boris running around 10 Downing Street shouting. Infamy! Infamy! They've all got it in for me! <laughs> oh, Dave, this is so delightful. This is so delightful. <laughs> However, I assume you want to move, move on, and I probably want, I'm sure you're keen to know, the out the the mansion and and cinema um, who joined cinema at the mansion cinema at the mansion who joined the um, the Senate Republicans to block voting legislation and um, 
the one of the last speakers on the floor of the Senate, because the voting took place last week, and one of the speakers on the floor of the Senate, and final speaker, I believe, was Senator Raphael Warnock, who is a Georgian Democrat. And he he took the closing speech, and perhaps you might want to hear what he had to say. Those of us who are students of Dr. King, I know I have often wondered, what would I have done if I were alive during the Civil Rights Movement? I know we would all like to think that we too would have had just a small fraction, just a fraction of the courage that it took for John Lewis to cross that Edmund Pettus Bridge. Well, for those of us who are fortunate enough to serve in the United States Senate in this moment, in this moral moment, we do not have to wonder. My God, he, he faced troopers on the other side, crossing that bridge. We're talking about a procedural bridge. <laughs> we don't have to wonder what we would have done. I submit that what we would have done back then, we are doing right now. History is watching us. Our children are counting on us. And I hope that we will have the courage to do what is right for our communities and for our country. The courage to cross this bridge, to do the hard work in this defining moral moment in America for the sake of the communities that sent us here in the first place, for the sake of the planet, for the sake of health care, for the sake of jobs, for the sake of being able to argue for the things that we care about. courage to fight for one another. I'm still praying that we will cross that bridge. But if not tonight, we will come back again and again and again. This was the closing speech on the floor of the Senate, and it was intended to bring mansion and cinema on board um and did it nope nope they voted with the republicans and the leaders of the arizona democratic party have voted to censure senator kristen and um senator kristen um cinema for blocking the voting right bill um, and uh, there is in, she is being increasingly isolated from some of the party's most influential officials and donor and we have a short comment from one of the furious Arizona Democrats. Well, people knocked on doors, people uh, put their confidence in, in her, and we are mindful, you know, that she did work towards the American Rescue Plan and the bipartisan infrastructure bill. But when it comes to protecting our voting rights, it's something that people feel is very important. And so uh, the fact that that she got in the way 
of seeing a voting rights bill move forward was something that people have been very upset about and disappointed and some outraged. So Senator Sinema, though, does have some support in the state, Chuck. There's Republican voters that we ran into on the street who say they love Senator Sinema. The business groups are like Senator Sinema. I talked to some components of the Chamber of Commerce who says that she's been so great for the business community. And sure, that's like, you know, she's kind of mavericky, mm-hmm. apparently, like Senator John McCain, and that could help her in a general election. But she has to get through a primary first in a couple of years, and Democrats right now are determined to defeat her in that primary. You know what I hope, there's that it's all part of a plot, because if right now they were changing all the laws and doing all the right things, there's two years of lead up rather mm-hmm. than you go bang, 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 bang. You know, imagine September, they change their minds and say, yeah, filibuster's gone, bring it. Like, bang, bang, bang. Like, it, I don't know what power the Republican would have to stop them if, uh, you know, Cinema and Manchin decided to do the right thing. <laughs> just it's so frustrating. I feel Biden and the rest of their pain, you know, just like, what the hell? This is meant to be our own guys. Yep, that's the sad bit about it. Um, and then you've got the outraged uh, Newt Gingrich, Gring, Gingrich, who was a former Speaker of the House uh, some time ago and was also some time ago in, um, a candidate for the Republican presidential nomination. And last week he um, he caused outrage by predicting members of the House Committee, the January 6th Committee, investigating the Capitol attack, will be, this is him, will be imprisoned if Republicans take the the chamber next year. Um, And one of the two Republicans on the committee, Liz Cheney, said, a former Speaker of the House is threatening jail time members of Congress who are investigating the violent attack on our capital and our constitution. This is what it looks like when the rule of law unravels. Now, it must be remembered that Gingrich is a key ally of Donald Trump and was reportedly amongst the finalists on Trump's shortlist for running mates rather than Pence in 2016 election. And in 2020, Gingrich supported Trump's unsubstantiated claims of voter fraud in the 2020 political presidential election. And political scientists have have credited Gingrich with playing a key role in undermining democratic norms in the US and hastening political polarization and and partisanship. Um, And he called, Gingrich called the members of the January 6th committee wolves who are going to find out that they're now sheep. He said that if Republicans take Congress in November, this is all going to come crashing down. They're the ones who, in fact, I think, face a real risk of jail for the kinds of laws they're breaking and so on. 
and so on. Man, I mean, he Manchester and called... Cinema are playing a dangerous game, though, because at the moment they are holding their own party to ransom. And if yes. they end up losing in November, do you think they're just going to get egged, repeatedly pelted with eggs? It's your fault. It's your fault because we could have stopped this. But instead, you have permitted it. Egg them. And what they become Republican, they get egged even more. Like, just. Uh, yeah. The solution the, is present, Desmond. The solution is in the room, but absolutely. no one wants to drink it. But, you know, Dave, you said something which was very revealing earlier on, um, that some people see a legal net closing around Trump himself, right? Mm. And last week it emerged that the January 6th committee has requested or had requested interviews with Ivanka Trump. And it was a move that prompted the former president, i.e. Donald Trump, to complain about the January 6th committee being vicious people, those his actual words, who go after children. Now, Ivanka is 40 days. <laughs> what about the children that he locked up? Yes. And separated yes. from their parents. And even though Biden has tried, they have not been able to reunite every single one with their family member. And <sighs> then, but also what's interesting there too, you're right about the fact that, that you know, there were children who end up separated from their families crossing the border. Trump's niece was the amongst the observers to point out that Trump himself has no problem going after other people's children. And I include in that his relentless pursuit of Joe Biden's son. Mm. Relentless. And the Donald Trump Jr. is particularly vicious about Joe Biden's son's corrupt involvement in all sorts of things but uh, makes lots of allegations about his drug taking. And it's questionable. Some of Donald J Trump Jr.'s appearance on um, uh, Fox News, when he's talking very disparagingly about Hunter Biden, is that he himself appears, this is alleged, that he looks as if he himself is under the influence of drugs, it may be, or alcohol. So, you know, there, a number of comments have been made about people in glass houses throwing stones in that, on that particular issue. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly the former guy's routine anyway. So we're not going to yeah. learn anything new there. No. I just it wouldn't it be great they they subpoena everybody, everybody they possibly can, but they never <laughs> ask Trump. He'll be quite saddened at that fact, I think. But just yeah. It, anyway, let's see. The net is closing. Let the wheels of justice grind, grind finally, but sadly, so damn slowly. <laughs> Very quickly, on the Russia issue, because Russia is apparently edging NATO to war over Ukraine, and the troops are gathered on the Ukrainian border. 
The outstanding question is whether um, President Putin is prepared to bear the domestic and international cost of a full-scale inversion, or if he'll stop at pressuring NATO and the West for po political concession. This is what he's doing at the moment. Um, and uh, there's, a, there's an awful lot going on with this, but I don't know if you've heard that, um, oh my gosh, um, we now have a conflict of tensions brewing between the Irish fishermen and the Russian Navy. Yeah, what was this story about, right? So, okay, Russian Navy and Irish fishermen. Yes. Explain the, this, what's happening. Right. The fishermen have been trawling out in, in, the, in the, um, the coast just off the, uh, the seas, just off the Irish coast. And there is some contention about whether it's wholly Irish Sea or whether it's international waters. However, nonetheless, the fishermen claim that this is the time of the year when they fish for, I believe it may be some fish, uh, uh, salmon or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you led up to that beautifully. It was like, yeah, some fish. Okay. Some fish. Some fish. <laughs> the, the fishermen are searching fish for this particular fish at and, that time of the year in that place. And it, and it may be, I don't know, it may be prawns or whatever, but however, they're <laughs> expecting a rather grand catch at this time of the year. And I think, I think they're going out on Tuesday this coming week. However, um, the, the Russian Navy is supposed to be operating some kind of military exercise in that same waters. <laughs> and the Irish fishermen's attitude is, we've always fished there. We're going out to fish there. You better keep your military exercise away from our, ourselves and our fishermen. So the um, Russian diplomat, Irish that's based in Ireland, called for a meeting with them. They attended, I suppose, against some people's better judgment. They attended the meeting. I'd go to the meeting with the Russian ambassadors. Why not? <laughs> About, the, I want to fish. Exactly. Go to the meeting. At, at the end of the meeting, they believe they'd come away with some concessions from the um, Russian diplomat, i.e. that they understand their concerns they will take all precautions to make sure that they don't, they don't interfere with their fishing exercise that day and that they are wholly apologetic about, you know, this, the unfortunate situation and, um, you know, whatever. They were really took a very sympathetic position with the Irish. Happy fishermen. Irish fishermen, you would think, then. And they were totally delighted, went out, gave a short press conference say that you know we've we've resolved our differences um we will go back fishing and everything will be wonderful the russian <laughs> russians immediately countered that by saying this is a pack of lies we never said <laughs> <that>. <laughs> we never said that and the so what did the russians say they supposedly said that's not clear, but what... The ah, Irish, they just said it was lies. Okay. It was a whole pack of lies. But what the Irish did, the fishermen said, we're going back. We're going into the waters. We're going to continue our fishing. And don't, you know, we are not going to take it lightly if, you know, we're involved in any kind of 
um, our lives are placed in danger if any of the, the military missiles you know, hit. But what's interesting is it's just the fishermen who are standing up against the Russians. We haven't had, we haven't heard too, too much from the Irish government. I was going to say, uh, what does the T-shock says, which is spelt Teo search, but you know. Uh, yeah, we haven't heard a great deal from them. There have been some lukewarm expressions of um, displeasure, but it hasn't been as um, as ferocious as the Irish fishermen. They're absolutely on on what one call a long thing. They're not <laughs> they're not stepping down at all on their you know, on their platform. They're determined that they're going to continue life as normal. Old Vlad West, watch out, or he might have a pint of Guinness knocked over <laughs> his head. Like, oh dear. Um, so it's that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, there is a lot more detail, but you know, I think for the purpose of the co- of the, the show with that. To be continued, Irish <laughs> Sea Fishing Russian Wars. It's literally the Cold Fish War. Anyway, so if we carry on going across the Irish Sea, we arrive at the United Kingdom. And I think let's Dave, do it the just before just before that, if we can very briefly talk about our favorite person, Congressman Matt Gates, the alleged oh, sex crimes, bombshell exposed. To be honest, there is so much information there. And fundamentally, all I can say is that, um, in summary, is that let's hear. We've got an audio, a short audio. That may be the best way to move into this. Well, it's bad news for Matt Gates. I think he thought that because it was a delay in this case, it was taking forever, that there was light at the end of the tunnel. But it turns out that the light was just an oncoming train. And this is bad for him. But I think it's worse that the ex-girlfriend testified before the grand jury. She really is the linchpin between Matt Gates and child sex trafficking and the Mann Act, which says you can't transport individuals across state or federal lines for purposes of prostitution and witness tampering. When it comes to Big Joe Ellicott, he's more of a corroborating witness for that phone call on September 4th, 2017, that Greenberg made to Gates in a panic because he had just found out that one of the girls that they were with from the Seeking Arrangements website was underage. The feds don't want their key witnesses to just be Joel Greenberg, who's a walking criminal enterprise, and the then 17-year-old girl who lied about her age and had a profile on SeekingArrangements.com and then became an adult film star. And not to bash anyone's choice of professions, but let me tell you, juries don't like that profile. And so they're looking for corroboration. I think that's why this whole thing has been taking so long. And now they have someone who was in the room when it happened, at least the room where the phone call happened. And why is Joel Greenberg calling Matt Gates uh, with Mayday, Mayday, because he just found out that this girl was underage? Well, you can then surmise that it's because they both were with this girl inappropriately. But the key witness here is the ex-girlfriend who has no ax to grind with Matt Gates. They had an open relationship. She doesn't have major credibility issues. She used to be a Capitol Hill staffer. And she could be the key witness because, you know, when you go before a grand jury, Ari, it's not a place for minor details, but it is a place for details about minors. That commentator, uh, p- person providing the commentary, commentary was a chap called Dave Aronsberg, who's a, a county attorney. And the person he was talking about was Ellicott. He's apparently claimed, <laughs> who's a friend of, um, of Matt Gates. Greensburg, um, 
And he claims to have been in the room with Greenberg when he, Greenberg, allegedly discussed the underage sex they both had with the minor. That's both Greenberg and Matt Gates. That's the allegation that's being, um, that's, that's been fed into the, the prosecutors. And then that alongside the ex-girlfriend's testimony before a grand jury um, and Joe Greenberg's, your favorite former tax. <laughs> the, yeah, the tax collector. <laughs> is, is it Seminole County, Florida? Yeah. That's correct. Yes. Vote me as tax collector. I won't collect any. Yeah, I'll be voted in for life. But, but let's face, but also it's important to remember that Ellicott, who was the one who claims he was in the room, when he heard Greenberg talking to Gates about them both sleeping with this underage girl, um, he himself was part of a bribery scheme between an unnamed contractor and an unnamed elected government official. Um, and he, Ellicott, delivered about 6,000 quid in cash, dollars rather, in cash, from the contractor to the government official in 2017. The court filing said. So, you know, he's no blushing angel. But however, this is an, a fine time for our friend, uh, Mr. Churchill, to tell us how it might all conclude. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. <laughs> He's just going to get louder. That man, the closer it gets to them nabbing him, sticking the handcuffs on him, that like he's just going to get louder and say more preposterous things. But yes, now so, so turning London, back on our plane. UK. And, uh, yes, returning to the United Kingdom. I think we'll save the best for last this week, Des, because one of the things that's also happening is the insurance rise. Now, lots of Tory MPs together with lots of other people think that this insurance rise should have been scrapped. But uh, today, Boris and Rishi Sunak have renewed their statement and their commitment to raising, raising national insurance. And ultimately, it's probably not something the Tories want to do right now. But they're going to do it because otherwise it's going to look even more chaotic, especially when the Treasury has already costed it in. So it's going to disproportionately affect people, but they want to see to plough ahead. And um, I don't know. I can't make a prediction now. With the gray report but we'll get there we'll get there because one of the other things i thought was quite interesting is italy as you remember right in the early days of the podcast as we had davide on and oh, italy yeah. seemed to love a democracy they and half love going to vote i think it's on average once every nine months they are at the polling booths <laughs> and this time all their mps had to get together to make a vote and they had to vote for a new president what's his name hang on i've got here sergio Mattinelli. He has already been there for seven years as the president. It's like a ceremonial role, like a old Liz, you know, he can open parliament, dissolve parliament, name the new prime minister, so on and so on. But it's largely ceremonial. But they couldn't agree on another candidate. But do you know one of the people that tried to stand? Berlusconi. Berlusconi ah. actually tried to stand. Fortunately, he was thrown out um, in the beginning of the process about a week ago because that was quite a fear in Italy, but it went through eight rounds of voting. 
And what Sergio, the current president, said, he didn't want to stand again. Thank you very much. His time is done. He's looking to take care of the orderly transition to a new president. Well, after eight rounds of voting, none of the Italians could agree on another candidate. Oh. So they voted him in for another seven year term. Wow. How old is he again? 80. <laughs> 80. So I just think that's quite funny, isn't it? You're trying to leave. You know, that's it. I can see my car's waiting. I have called the taxi. Just tell me who is next and I will give them the keys. And then they say, no, you're staying. So, oh. <laughs> Okay, taxi, leave without me and come back in seven years. It could be 87, dear Lord. Oh, anyway, go Sergio. Hey, oh, that's a nice recommendation. Eh? You wanted to leave, but they wouldn't let you. Do you reckon they're going to give him a pay rise, Des? Give him a few <laughs> bits extra. One. Oh, dear. It's not like they can even undo it. This is the thing. They can't drag it anyway. That's the Italians' love of democracy for you. At least they carry on, carry on voting over there. Talk about voter enfranchisement. Saving the best for last, Desmond. Oh, Sue Gray, her name, her name is known by so many now. She was an anonymous civil servant that none of us really knew outside. But now we, we know every detail about her. Her name pronounced impeccably by every presenter up and down the land. Where is her report was the question this week. Last Monday, we were hoodwinked just after we recorded the Metropolitan Police, Cressida Dick, said that they are opening an investigation based on evidence passed to them. Then by the afternoon, it was, oh, well, if they're investigating, we can't see the report. And the Met said, no, no, it's fine. We don't see any issue there because it's only going to be about fixed penalty notices. We don't want anything withheld. It's fine. By Friday, the Metropolitan Police had now said, they would like them the report to only say minimal references to things they are looking at. Well, it would say that anyway, wouldn't it? This matter has been referred to the police, but that's the bit maybe they're trying to avoid. Otherwise, there's all sorts of questions. Why did Desmond attend this party on this day and such and such? Like, you know, the, your name is there, Desmond. They're going to find out there's just maybe you should just admit it now. Just tell the listeners you were there. <laughs> just admit it. Well, anyway, so... Uh, this is now apparently where it's at. And But a, a previous Supreme Court judge, together with a million and one lawyers, OK, I might be exaggerating the numbers just by a few, but uh, they can see no reason why Sue Gray cannot write in her report the full version. It doesn't need to have any redaction saying what the Metropolitan Police are investigating because they're not looking at court action. They are looking at fixed penalty notices. Yeah. But then today I am reading, not that it's quite major yet, but apparently Boris is not very sloppy with sensitive information. Several times they've gone in the Downing Street flat and all the secret papers are everywhere and they're easy to spot because apparently they're printed in pink. And also the pin code you need to get into the Downing Street flat was given out by his wife, Kerry, to lots of friends and apparently there's all the paperwork lying around in the end the civil servant said to him no you have to read it in your office from now on so is something like that in sue gray's report she had to establish the facts desmond but you know maybe this is all tactics and smoke and mirrors behind the scenes because from reporting from the some of the political reporters 
people are not going to be happy with its contents, neither politicians nor senior civil servants. So maybe this is just their delaying tactic. And the next thing is to discredit Sue Gray after it comes out. Oh, well, she was only ambitious and she never got the cabinet secretary role and so on. But let's wait for that. Then we know we are right. For sure, they are meddling. What do you think? I agree with so much of what, you know, what you, 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 you've, um, you, you say on that issue. I think, personally, I think that the, the tactics of the Labour leader has been rather poor. It was this I, week. He didn't do a very good PMQs, did he? And you've got the man on the ropes. But they're waiting on the report. This is the thing. They're, they're yeah, next, but you, but they were all you, hopeful for that. He's, he's a lawyer. He knows that these kind of reports are always massaged and massaged beautifully in, in, in favour of the incumbent prime minister. It's always going to be like that. There's never... You're ne you're, they're talking about the full. They're asking and pressing for the full report. It's never going to be full. They're always going to obscure... I would have thought that he would not, they wouldn't have pressed so much for police involvement until the report was produced. In hindsight, I mean, we can all talk, but in hindsight, you'd have thought that he's a lawyer, he knows these things. Let's get the report out in whatever shape or form they want to present it. And then after that, we'll press for the police. You know, there's a bit of tactics. And I've, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid he was. He was um, he was shown want, wanting then. It's disappointing because it could have been so deliciously dicey. <laughs> Watching from the balconies, all these <laughs> all this stuff, you know, um, unfolds. But I thought we were robbed of that. Actually, could have had better theatre. So I was rather disappointed with him because it's inevitable. Especially compared report. to the week before. Absolutely. And you just feel that Sue Gray's report is going to be massaged. You know, they're going to extract things from it. And they're going to, what, what, what do they call it? Where they black things out. Um, um, you know, redacted. Redact stuff from, the, you, you just know it's going to happen. Um, it's incumbent, the prime minister. Every care is taken to protect them, the prime minister and obviously the British government's, you know, primary representative, and especially now with all this stuff going on with Russia and stuff, because even Putin's got in on the act. <laughs> what what has Putin said? Apparently... Um, He's invited Boris. Boris to a party. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And what has he said? Oh, Boris can't be trusted. He's, he's, he's invited him to a meeting and immediately announces that he can't be trusted. You know, so it's... And of course, the British have got pride. They, they won't, they're going to try and do as much as they can to protect the good name of their president, uh, their prime minister. So I thought it was a little bit shoddy of them. I mean, he's a, the Labour leader is a, a lawyer. But they're I mean, doing he's... very well in the polls compared to Boris. Like, according to uh, polls today, if the, an election was held now, like the, the London election, they would lose most of their councils that they've held for the last 50 years. <laughs> but so Boris is doing them severe damage at the minute. Yeah, but between now and then, he may well be on his way. Um, and I, you know, I, I think of Theresa and her exit, and her exit was rather beautiful. 
She said, I know you all want me to go, and I'm, I'm going to decide when I go, not you. And so she, you know, she gave a, what, three, four months resignation notice and then went. And, you know, Boris would really be probably best to, you know, to emulate her. But, but don't you think Theresa's saying to herself, you're a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think that he's, yeah, yeah. How many adjectives? Yeah, it's a bit, it would be funny to watch. But as you say, Dave, watch the space. We don't know how things will emerge over the next week or two. We don't know where Time we will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. What's playing us out this week, Des? Dave, we've had such a little scuttle over this. What do we go? And we just thought, you know, we started with an invasion from a comet which was colliding with Earth. And um, I think we'll end with, you know, I don't know, some dialogue between Earth and Comet Mars or something, or Planet Mars. So it's <laughs> clouds across the sky. <laughs> By the Ra Band. Catch By you next Ra. week, Des. And you, Dave. Take care. Flight Commander P.R. Johnson on Mars Flight 247. Very well. Hold on, please. You're through. Thank you, Operator. Hi, darling. How you doing? Hey, baby. Were you sleeping? Oh, I'm sorry, but I've been really missing you. Oh, I'm sorry. Is there someone there with you? Oh, since you went away, there's nothing going right. I just can't sleep alone at night. I'm not ashamed to say I badly need a friend. Or it's the end.
Thank you. 